Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, just use this radio ministry, use our voices, use our stories and our testimonies to minister to the hearts of those listening. You've called us here today for a specific reason, and although we may not know it, we know that you do. So help us to trust fully in you, to surrender our worries, our cares, our fears into your hands so that we can be open vessels of light, to show others just how powerful you are when we surrender our weakness to you, Lord, so that you can be strong. Thank you for this blessing. Thank you for Todd and for this radio station. Thank you for all those here that are listening. that we remember how healing it is that when we hear other stories, we participate in the healing for the storyteller. Mm-hmm. Be with us, Mary, and wrap your arms around us and protect us and guide us. In your sweet name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. After screwing up uh, Kayla's name last week, uh, uh, Kayla Stansberry Nailed it. is going to be our co-host today. And I'm going to make up for it right here. Christy Lulu Fredu. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Killed it. Is our guest today. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Christy Lulu Fredu. Thank you. I'm uh, impressed. I know. <laughs> you pronounced a, all the vowels. I had a Miss Lulu uh, PE teacher, so that one, uh, that one stuck with me. Okay. That's that Dale Carnegie I told you all about. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to finish that. Yeah. So, okay. Well, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself. I want you to start at the beginning, like okay. the, the moment you could walk. Give us, some, give us some information. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Opelousas, Louisiana. Um, born and raised Catholic, just like Kayla. Went to Opelousas Catholic School all my life. I've been friends with the same group of girls since kindergarten. Um, and really just went through a, a faith journey that was just like anybody else. You know, where you're peaks and valleys of really wanting to learn and know more and actually live out the faith and then also feeling pulled into the world and wanting to be cool and accepted and loved by other people and affirmed by other people. And so for a lot of my um, years growing up in elementary school, just had a lot of great influences in my life. My grandmothers, my grandparents always had the rosary praying, (laughs) playing in a cassette tape uh, when I would go to their homes. And so I just always saw a lot of like what it meant to be Catholic on the outside. Um, And so I went to Northwestern State University in Natchitoches for college. I wanted to get away. As much as I loved my friends, I felt like there was something that I needed to get away from the pool of like wanting to always be accepted in this group of people that I've always known all my life and start fresh and start new. So I went there for four years, met my husband um, in college, and went to LSUS after that to get my master's degree. And then we both moved back down here and got married. And now we have two children. Were two you girls. a straight A student? You can admit no, it. No, I wasn't. Come on. I wasn't. Straight I had to work really hard to make roll. good grades. Honor roll with a C every now and then. Yeah. yeah. We weren't allowed to make C's at my house. Yeah. My parents were. Kayla. Kept it good. Were you a, a straight A student? Uh, no. There were some B's in there, for sure. I was more involved um, with just yeah. everything else but studying and doing yeah. homework. I so I'm not, pretty sure I like. Yeah, I made honor roll three school. times in <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. 
first period in first grade, the first semester, the second <laughs> semester, and then fourth grade in the second semester. Three times. That's it. That's it. That's uh, all my honor roll. I was close sometimes. But okay, so, okay, Christy, I want to know, um, uh, tell me about, did, did, what, did they have campus ministry? We did. OC? We had, yeah. yeah. Uh, Father Jude Helfen was actually oh, a big yeah. part of that. And then Mr. Josh Peck. Interesting. Also um, led, led our team. I think it was called Team, maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. But yes, I was very involved in that. I loved the retreats. Like, that was my favorite part about. And, like, just the camaraderie of, like, people being willing to step out and join this particular club that stood for Jesus. That always inspired me and still does to this day. Like, How- anyone willing to go against the grain. How important was your Catholic education, do you feel like, now looking back? Now looking back, I appreciate it so much. Like, I even called my mom after that retreat I was talking about in Kayla's episode. I went on my first Catholic women's retreat, um, like, two two years ago, I think. And I called, I felt the nudge to just call my mom, my parents, and say, thank you for raising me Catholic. And I don't know that I fully believed what I was saying at the time, but I felt like it was so important because I was starting to see how true everything they've ever taught me and everything that I learned in school, how true it was. Yeah. But yet still at the same time, so many gaps and so many questions. All right. I'm, I'm feeding off y'all's last podcast. You talked about a lot of things. We went to Catholic school, but we didn't learn a lot, of, a whole lot of things. And we're scared to ask these questions and I'm going to make y'all laugh because I got a big one. You know how when they do the gospel and they, you know, you make the sign of the cross on your forehead and your yeah, lips mm-hmm. and your heart. I must have been absent that week. I don't, I did not. <laughs> I'm in, like in, in high school. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Where did this come from? That's embarrassing. And I, I mean, I literally like, I still, and recently a, a friend of mine at work kind of told me, well, that's a sign of your, you know, Lord, let me hear you. Let me, yeah. right? Yeah. And I didn't even know that. That's so bad. You, no, just blew, you just blew my mind. That's so bad. I don't think I've ever asked that question. Well, you know how I know is because remember we did that little series of Ask the Priest yeah. with the kids. We oh, had a yeah. bunch of our, uh, when we first started. Yeah. The Light Project, we had a bunch of our children ask, what would you want to ask a priest if you could ask him anything? And one of them asked them, why do we make, I think it was Emmy, why do you make the sign of the cross before you read the gospel and touch the book? And he explained it. And I was like, that's true. Wow. I have heard that before. All right. And so tell me the name of trivia time, uh, the name of the podium that that the priest gives the gospel from. Does anybody know this? Does anybody know this answer? We just learned this. I think I I talked about it on my my show with y'all. You did. You did. <laughs> I already forgot. They retained nothing. You know, it, it wasn't, must not have been that good. <laughs> no, I know. And Father t- Father used the word on Friday, too. I can't remember what it is. The Ambo. The Ambo. I was going to, I knew it started with an A. Okay, yeah. why is it called that? I have no clue. Okay. Uh, is it <laughs> we need to phone French, a friend. No, go look that up. <laughs> Cajun French. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> Tell them the story of, from this weekend. No, Which from one? the healing retreat. The lady that, we, we oh. just made a t-shirt that yeah. says, Made at the Holy Spirit. And there were people from all over the country with us last weekend, but you had the you had the experience. Tell them what she said. Yeah. So we love our mamas and our grandmas, and um, we tend to talk in like Cajun French. Um, <laughs> so we always say like "Man, that's the Holy Spirit" when something cool happens, you know. And so we were like, we need to make that a T-shirt. So my good friend Michelle Richard, shout out Michelle, designed a shirt for us. It's so cute. And we were selling them for the first time at the healing retreat. And these ladies came all the way from California. And they saw me from across the church, and they came up to me, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I need you to tell me about this T-shirt. Are you selling this T-shirt, or did you just buy this T-shirt? And I'm like, no, ma'am, we're selling it. And she goes, I mean, how do you how do you say that? And I was like, made us the Holy Spirit. And she goes, what does that mean? Is that Latin? <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, Cajun Latin. Cajun Latin. Cajun Latin. <laughs> but that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Christy, tell me more about this retreat. You, you guys are holding out. I mean, where was it, and, and, and what's the results? Ooh, it was at Sacred Heart in Broussard. Our good friend Heather, oh, yeah, yeah. Heather Guidry lives um, – not lives there. She works there, and she might live there sometimes too. And she asked us um, if we would come and podcast because we'd, pod, we'd podcasted from uh, oh. the Abide Conference. Wow. And got to talk with their guest speakers and stuff. And so we were really hoping that we were going to snag an interview with Sister Miriam while we were there because she was one of the speakers with, um, yeah. Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob. But we got to Zoom with Dr. Bob first. And so we felt like, okay, if nothing else, let's talk to the ordinary people. That's our love, you Mm -hmm. know, talk to the ordinary everyday people. And so we did. And they also let us set up a little booth. But my goodness, Dr. Bob and his brother Bart are like, kind of like Kayla and I, like, alike in the ways that they uh, interact with people but yet so different like Bart is on fire the Holy Spirit they they taught us how to like pray over people and how to find your gifts and your calling and all these things and then Dr. Bob comes in and just like really teaches you about your wounds and how to discover them and how to minister to them and did these sculptings which we learned what sculpting was at this retreat which is basically like little mini silent skits to mimic um, certain stories and certain. And I watched some of that. Oh, yeah, with Father Casey Dugay, right? Oh, yes, yeah, that's awesome. It was I so. I duck with that dude. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of us roaming around town right now, just bleeding all mm-hmm. of our open wounds that they yeah. busted open a couple weekends ago. So y'all just love us where we're at. Yeah, okay? exactly. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing right now. We're trying to heal from the healing retreat. It just picked the scab, and now we're like, yeah. okay, what what just happened? Yeah. All right. To pick up a question from last week's show again, Christy, give me some memorable moments for you uh, as you think back on the podcast. Man, I think the most memorable moments are like the sm- the small tiny ones. Kayla and I recording in my little closet and just realizing how good God was that like he saw a dream. I always wanted to have a radio show or be on a TV. I studied broadcast journalism for like a semester in college. But when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, I had a radio show with myself in my bedroom. Ah. And I would like <laughs> interview, fake interview with Casey Kasem and record myself. And then that moved to a TV show when my dad finally got his VHS camcorder. I still have those videos and I'm trying to transfer them so that I can prove to people. My sister and I had this talk show and we would interview our friends. And I think it was in those tiny moments of like, one, Kayla saying yes to this crazy wild dream that I had. And then two, actually seeing it happen was like, God, you must be real, <laughs> real you know, real. like, how does this even happen? And then once people started listening and we had complete strangers actually come on as guests and them saying yes, like it's still not lost on me how every single yes that we've gotten is like God ministering to us and bringing us what we need in the moment. So that would be like the overall like momentum of uh, memorable moments. It's- I'm jealous in a good way because y'all have, uh, it seems you have a much longer show and it's evolved to that. It looked like early on y'all had done 30 minutes or, yeah. and it just started growing, I guess. But but you're able to really go deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that. And that, that part of it, I'm uh, uh, jealous in a good way. I wish I wish we had the time to do that because it takes time yeah. in the booth to finally get to where you got to go. And, mm. and for me, yeah. you know, in our show, maybe that's 10, 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. But for you guys, man, you're getting the good stuff on the back end. And I know with Father Mike, man, that was awesome. I, mean, I loved it. Mm. Love that interview. It wrecks me every time a grown man comes into my house. Yeah. A, a perfect stranger at that. That's just like, sure, we'll yeah. go to a stranger's I know, right? house. Um, but particularly, you know, I didn't grow up seeing any, if at all, 
some tiny little bit of emotion in my father. And so when grown men come mm, over and yeah. kind of yeah. lose it on the couch mm-hmm. and just get vulnerable, it wrecks me every single time yeah. in the best way. I'm like, man, even if it takes two hours to get there, yeah. this is what that sacred space is for. This is all we've ever wanted yeah. to do with the Light Project was just give people space to come and be exactly who God made them to be. And if that's with tears or laughter or whatever. Mm. And especially when they say, we, I've never talked about this before. Yeah. That Gosh. is a holy moment that, wow. Okay. As far as guests, though, I would say Father Michael Luxbacher was our first priest that was on. He was my spiritual director that I adopted at that retreat that I wasn't really sure that I wanted or needed. Um, I was a little bit scared. And, and come to find out, I think I held a grudge against the church. So my mom worked in the Catholic church for 20-something years as a secretary. So I saw a lot of priests in and out. A lot of seminarians would come. So that was kind of a familiar thing. But they were never as approachable as the priests were. Well, some of them were. Some of them were. But... I just don't remember feeling the way that I feel now about Mm -hmm. them and the comfort level that we have. And so when Father Michael came on, there was something that switched in my brain that was like, what is God trying to do? You know, like, I feel like I just let the church into my heart in a very particular way by asking him to come on the podcast. And I think that Show, seeing how patient he was with me through spiritual direction and, and being willing to come on a podcast and not even know what we were going to talk about really softened my heart to like, wow, the church, like I thought priests would have to get permission from the bishop to like do anything like this, you know, like I had such misunderstandings. So that interview was like a super pivotal moment for my Catholic journey. Yeah. Amen to that. Uh, I, I definitely feel the same way because when I've had clergy on, it's like, okay, whoa. I mean, am I allowed to even talk? You know, I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> it really is. It's like, okay, this is a little intimidating. Yeah. But um, they don't, they really don't, other than their own parish, uh, they don't have a good uh, a way to get their message out. And most of them have a message uh, yeah. for sure. And, uh, and a priest that I've had, several have, have wanted to come on again and again because they, they love the platform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys give them that platform. That's beautiful. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Christy Fredu, also known as Lalu Fredu. And, uh, <laughs> and the co-host today is Miss Kayla Stansberry. They are Can I Get an Amen? Amen. And uh, these guys have had a podcast going three years. It's out of Scott, Louisiana, in their house. And um, they've just really put, they put some... Stuck some awesome things up against the wall. I like to say that, you know, that's what I, that's how I call it. You know, when you do a good podcast and you can stick it up against the wall, you know, it's like spaghetti, right? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I I feel like, um, it's, it's got a shelf life too. You know, I'd like to touch maybe Christy a little bit about how, what we're doing and I don't, we, we, we tape and then it airs like a month later, but we try not to talk about dates too much, but Mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like the one you, you could put this on at any point in 20 years from now, 50 years yeah. from now, 20 years ago, and it would be meaningful to someone. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, you know, just the, lo- every human wants to know the story. You know, I think that's why we love the Bible so much is because, you know, there's, there's so much story there and we want to see, um, which I think again, Todd is why we start our podcast too, with the way you do is like start from the beginning. We want to see the story play out from before, the intervention, whether it's God or, or whoever relationship, and then what comes out on the other side. And I don't think, I think that is a timeless format of just learning people's stories. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like I said, I've learned recently that every time you listen to someone's story, 
it's healing not only for that person that you sat there and listened to it, but it's also healing for the person hearing it because they usually find something that they can relate to and God knows that they needed that in that moment. And so I think those things are just timeless. Yeah, moments in life, you know, August 20th, 1982, I'm at the racetrack uh, on the on the on the fence in the back back of my pickup truck with a lawn chair drinking beer and wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> and that was the night that I I proposed to my wife to date. And and that stuck that has stuck with us for all these years, you know. That that was our dating date. And that's 40 years ago now, I guess. That's crazy. But give me a little bit about how you met your husband. Oh, okay. So I was um, wondering where that was going. Me too. Great segue. (laughs) Dang. It's like you work at radio. Uh, Yeah. So uh, Josh and I met. He was a year behind me in school. But let let the record show he's older than me. So he's about to turn 40. I will be 40 for two more months after him. Um, But anyway, he he came behind me in the class. We worked for the admissions department at the university, and so we were both student workers in the same department. Thought he was so very handsome. He's a good-looking guy, and um, we would stuff envelopes together. I knew he had a girlfriend, and so it was just, you know, friendly conversation, keeping the distance. And then one night I saw him out at one of the local bars, which he never went out, and I was like, why is he here? I think it was like New Year's Eve or something, and I had come back in town. And... um, he was like, yeah, my girlfriend and I broke up. And I was like, what? what? And I was actually there with somebody else. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, let's, you know, can I give you my number? Call me, you know, after the break or whatever. He never called me. And I was like, I'm going to have to stuff envelopes with him next week. How's this going to work? So <laughs> I've never heard this story. Anyway, uh, we ended up seeing each other again. And um, he was like, I just really didn't think you were serious about me calling you. So I never called you. And then he ended up taking me on my first date, January 26th. 2002. I just want to say he must be a really good looking guy to say, I don't think you were serious when you gave me your number. I mean, who does that? Who does that? He's a great guy. All right. Um, so yeah, he took me out on my first date and it's been, we dated for seven years, I think before we got married. Um, he was still in college when I was in grad school and then we moved down. We didn't live together. Let me make the record clear. He lived in a house in Opelousas. I lived with my parents and, um, he was, finishing up his internship and his degree while I was working. And then we got married in 2007. Okay. And when you met him, uh, did, did your mother ask the question that all Catholic mothers ask? Which is? Is he Catholic? Is he Catholic? No. No? I don't remember. No? Maybe she did. Boy, my mother, that was, that was, that was ingrained in us. That was she always the first have. question. I don't have to ask her if she asked me that. Hey, Mom, I don't I remember. I got a girlfriend like, like in the sixth grade. Is she Catholic? But here's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Like... I told him from the get-go, like, I'm Catholic, I'm not straying from my faith, that was like me, you know, being very very intentional with that, like, these are my non-negotiables, so like, if we're going to date and eventually you want to get married, like, you're going to have to come to church with me. Now, there was a time in our relationship where I wanted to show him that, you know, I wanted to learn more about what he understood, and so we would go to different churches you know baptist church methodist church with his family because i did love his family and like i said everybody up in north louisiana is most of them aren't catholic Mm -hmm. and there's so much that they taught me about the relationship in my faith that i was like wow i'm really interested in learning how do you get that you know how do you how do you experience the mass outside of the mass on just on sundays that's nice kayla jump in here 
I, I got to get you on a little bit because uh, I know you have all these pent up frustrations working with her all this time. And <laughs> <laughs> get them out now. You really want to do something in public to, you know, expose humanize her. us? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, um, I'm trying to think if I have any pointed questions. I'm really more enthralled with what you're asking her yeah. because I haven't heard this, you know, so, so I haven't heard that story wh- before. It's what beautiful. Do you, what do you guys most enjoy about working with each other, you know? We are. Don't give me any cushy stuff. No, I won't. Just we are. Um, we are annoyingly alike and different all at the same time. Yeah. So we'll eat each other's lunch real quick. Um, but thank the Lord, we've gotten to a safe space with each other. Where if we, Christy calls it holy jealousy. Yeah. So if we have something that we see in the other person, we just we're getting very honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has not been easy that whole time. No. I mean, it started when we were doing leadership development training. I think God knew what he was doing when he taught us the pathway to be a good leader. So that way, when I'm feeling something with her, then I have to step up and be the leader. And we've we've learned that the enemy will try to come for us when we're doing something really important. And so we have to stay on top of our game. So Mm -hmm. just this past week, we gave a talk and we could feel something. And so we rode together. We kept getting lost, but it was like, okay, I'm feeling this right now. I'm a little jealous of X, Y, and Z. And then she did the same for me because he'll quickly take that jealousy Mm -hmm. and turn it into comparison. Yeah. And then we're off our game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is... Because really at the end of the day, like people say like, oh, y'all are peanut butter and jelly. I mean, we are. Uh We're peanut butter and jelly. We're wine and cheese. We're all the good things that go together. Um, And so, yeah, the devil is a chump and he, he works really hard on us, particularly when we're doing some some really fun good yeah. stuff yeah y'all compliment each other very well thank you i know you don't need me to tell you that but um but just being a, a guest on your podcast was a, was a was a blessing in my life and uh just to see you two interact and how much you love the lord and you got it going on y'all are doing thank a you. good job so back to let's talk about because i have some situations and i'm sure our listeners out there that where their their husband is not catholic your husband is not catholic still to this he day, converted right? he did convert two years ago well okay so Let's talk about that. What was that? That wasn't a mandate that you put down. Oh no! You'd Mm-mm. be okay if he was still Baptist. Absolutely. Then. Okay. Yeah. Th- this came through through natural progression. Yes. I mean, if we were going to yeah. get married in the Catholic Church, I didn't want to lie and say yes. Yeah. I'm going to raise my kids Catholic, but right. not do it. So that was kind of the standard. I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of heart behind it from my my side. I grew into that, but um, there's been you know marriage is tough. And luckily, he's always come to church with me. And my prayer always in Mass was, Lord, draw him in a little bit more. Let him, Help him to understand what mm-hmm. I understand. Because I just knew that no matter if he converted or not, we needed to be on the same page if we were going to be parents. Because kids, you know, life just gets complicated. But that was really it. I never, like, asked him to become Catholic, per se. At least I don't remember doing that. It was never, like, an expectation that I had. Um, but he was on his old, whole journey, and he is my dream guest. Like one day, I would love to have him on the podcast because he he's so private. I'm gonna go me too. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. You, <laughs> I mean, you would love him. Yeah. yeah he's I mean, so good. He's got such a story to tell, um, and I just think that he came to it on his own. He was in mass one day at St. Leo, heard something in mass and in the homily that hit him. The Holy Spirit totally knocked him over the head. I don't even remember what it was. And it started this journey in him. And this is all going on while we were on the journey of just having priests on the podcast and starting to make friends with these holy humans. Mm -hmm. So he felt safe enough to come to me and say like, what do you think it would take for me to become Catholic? I think I was cooking gumbo and I think I almost like dropped the spoon. Say what? (laughs) He said, came so out of the blue, but it was 
more That's a good meaningful. Cajun Catholic right there. Yeah. yeah. Gumbo, and then her husband's the like, baby, vibe. I think I want to be Catholic. I want the Eucharist. Yeah. yeah. It is beautiful. I mean, he, and, and again, Did his. Do you think it would happen? No. Never believed it. No. Only through the grace of God. Only through the grace of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> Man, when she told me Josh was in RCIA, I'm like, say what? And then we, you know, his, his, Conference, yeah, confirmation. His yeah, his, was, I don't know. I forget what they call it. What they but, call it, but it's Easter Sunday. We did like yeah. the my first triduum, like where we just like Holy Week was Holy Week. Mm-hmm. I'd never experienced that before. And then Josh gets all the sacraments. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was the oh, it was awesome. the coolest weekend. And like we're in the front pew. I'm just I tag along with their family. We all I'm go gonna to the same steal church. a little bit of your time <laughs> just to say that you know guys spend their whole life. I'm one of six boys. And we spend our whole life trying to figure out what girls are attracted to, and we, we're trying to attain that, whatever that is, you know, whether it's a car or, 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 or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and it, this goes on throughout life. Even after you're married, you're trying to keep your wife still, mm-hmm. you know, attracted to you. And, you know, you, 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 you try hard to crack that code, but I think I have cracked that code, and I'm, 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 getting, I'm letting our listeners in on this. It's it's a devotion to Christ. Amen. If, if a man has a deep devotion, genuine to Christ, the woman is coming, yeah. and uh, and it's going to be uh, uh, the greatest, I guess, to me, like attraction for. Because I have three daughters, and I tell this to my daughters all the time. You know, look for that guy who loves the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, and then your life's going to be real good. Ooh, yeah. So that's, and he that's loves like, Mary too. Oh, I love that. He's too. a mama's boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's good stuff. Well. All right, Christy. Um, so, tell me, did we talk about your Mount Rushmore? No. Let's talk about it okay. while we're in because I feel like I'm just that's something keeps coming up in my in my spiritual life. Did I answer that question? I don't think so. Oh, good. Right. I'm we glad can talk I'm about both of them. No, no, no. I'm glad I'm off the hook. I'll, yeah. Well, who, so declare. Who's on your Rushmore? Do y'all have a mutual one? Maybe uh, that would be cool. Man, it's I, I see why our guests have such a hard time answering this, but I would say. Um, of course, I need to put my parents on there because, like I said, I had to call them after that retreat and thank them for staying firm and raising me to always go to Mass. No matter what, I always clung to that. So my parents, um, my grandmother who passed away a couple of years ago, I didn't really know how to say the rosary until she was. we went to see her. She was dying in the nursing home in 2020. 2020. And that meant the world to her. She had rosaries hanging on every light switch. Mm. And that was the first time that I had to remind myself of how to pray the rosary because we prayed it with her when she was dying. And so she is just such a she was she she was watching the prices right. It smelled like pine saw. Her and her friends were drinking, <laughs> probably gossiping in Cajun French and praying the rosary. And to me, that's just such a testament to like holy everyday human holiness. Um, so she would be on my other my other uh, Mount Rushmore. Saint Therese is my new home girl. I was going to even say that when I knew that one you and yeah. her my grandmother's name is Therese wow um I love how she's so super just snuck up on you and stalked you and ooh. beat you up with her little bucket of flowers and now you're in love with her she, she didn't is, get it at first like I didn't she, get it yeah. I didn't get it I had a problem with the saints they look too holy <laughs> and she was one of them but um luckily the Holy Spirit had it otherwise so she's definitely on my Mount Rushmore and I have to give a shout out to Saint Ignatius he is my ultimate saint like he's the first saint that i really read his work and the practicality of his spiritual Mm -hmm. uh practices and really was like i get that 
that was my first path to creating the devotional that we created. And so he was like the first foundational saint. I didn't know a lot about his life per se, but more of what he gave to the church. Love it. So we run out of time. Tell us again, this time I'm really asking, where can you hear the podcast? You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, any of the places that you listen to your podcast. And we are also on Instagram at, at Canageta Amen. And also you can find us all the things that we do on our website at wearethelightproject.org. Kayla and Christy, superstars here in Lafayette and beyond. And uh, I <laughs> love so these girls. That hopefully we're going to be lifelong friends. And uh, I know that you guys will be in my prayers and I ask for yours. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Woo! Thank you, Doc. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, we always challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.